Fuck, my neck hurts. <laughs> oh shit, man. Have your kids been fully taught about the implications of Rick Mail impressions? <laughs> 9 out of 10 twats in Britain have at some point thrown their neck right out due to too much Rick Mail. Yeah, we get a lot of them around here. Um, obviously, we have the classic uh, bottom wing. One or two people were trying to do Alan Bastard, but the neck motion is much less vigorous, you see, so... Uh, most people are able to successfully get away with it. This poor soul over here tried to do Drop Dead Fred. He's only three years old. He shat himself right inside out. He didn't... Oh, fuck. I couldn't think of something to say with that. Okay, There was an abstract <laughs> thought in my head, and I went, that's going to be great. <laughs> oh, well. Nope. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, jokes. You ever thought about that? All the jokes that you could have made and didn't, and now will never oh, fuck be made. Yeah. They're just, just when in, I'm in the bathtub. somewhere. Yeah. And I think, ha, that'll be funny. And the weird thing is, I'm so shit at this, that there'll be three jokes I'll think to make. Like, there's one that I'm I'm hoping to make during the one better thing. <laughs> Maybe now I've said it, I'll remember. But okay. I haven't written it down anywhere. Listen out for that, everyone. <laughs> Earlier on, it came to me, and I was like, oh yeah, that joke. Maybe I should write it down. I know I'll remember it, because I'm remembering it now. As if that's, like, constant. <laughs> once you've I remembered it, it, yeah. Now it's been thought of. You only have to remember a thing once, and then it's remembered. Yeah. Time isn't linear or cyclical. <laughs> it's ubiquitous. I told you to remember to pick up Johnny from soccer practice. I did, like two days ago. I fucking hate you. I want a divorce. younger than the person coming down the stairs behind them, but is definitely hungrier. I'm Paul Salt. I'm the only one who can get your tits popping right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Today we shall be discussing Paul Verhoeven's dystopian sci-fi thriller, Showgirls. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we take the cash, we cash the check, we show them what they want to see. You got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen. Someone gets in your way. Step on him. It's not fair. It's not about fair. It's about power. You're a stripper. Don't you get it? I'm a dancer. She's dazzling. She's exciting. And she's what Las Vegas is all about. The passion is real. The desire is intense. And the show is about to begin. Showgirls. Reuniting Robocop director Paul Verhoeven with Showgirls writer Joe Esterhouse after their previous sexy collaboration on Basic Instinct, mm. Showgirls is a rag-to-fong story about a terrifying young woman who dreams of becoming the star showgirl on the Las Vegas Strip and getting off with Carl McLaughlin. Truly, it's the American dream. I don't know if I'm going to be able to enunciate McLaughlin well enough. It's like Murnahan. It's just like Murnahan. We'll, we'll say Carl McLaughlin now, br- yeah. uh, parentheses, KM. Carl M. Carl McKem. Dale Cooper. Dale Winton. <laughs> Perfect. Star of Twin Peaks. Hello, magical dancing dwarves. Welcome <laughs> to Supermarket Sweep. You've picked up the metaphysical con- metaphysical context of angst. Oh, but your competitor has picked up a tuna cucumber sandwich. <laughs> and that's worth more, unfortunately, than anything you ever feared. So you've got to play the round Fire Walk With Me. <laughs> Boo, they say. Boo, first series. <laughs> 
Oh, they don't like the progressive stuff. Uh, speaking of people not liking stuff, critics didn't stuff any of their dollar bills into this movie's G-string, and the fun thing about this metaphor is imagining all the most critically revered directors doing the best striptease acts. The better respected <laughs> they are, the more intricate the routine. I heard that Ingmar Berman can pick up coins with his buttocks. The critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is vile, contemptible, garish, and misogynistic, and that might just be exactly Showgirl's point. <clears throat> That's the consensus. Yeah. We've read them all, and this is the summary. Uh, Richard Corliss, writing for Time, in an apparently positive review, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Well. Showgirls is one of those delirious, hilarious botches that could be taught in film schools as a how-not-to. Oh, he loved it. <laughs> Great. Um, Harlan Jacobson at the TV Guide says, Showgirls is a positively detumescent experience. What? I don't know what that word means. Bonus, probably? To- detumescent? Yeah. Wow. That sure was a detrimental experience. You what, love? Oh, <laughs> I've got to aim higher, Marilyn. <laughs> that was the twist. It was Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> you fucking John F.K. Great. John F.K., as he's known. John F.K. John as fuck. <sighs> <laughs> the act of subsiding from a swollen state, especially the relaxation of an erect <laughs> penis. Was that Peter Travers? <laughs> Come on, Harlan Jacobson. You take off his wig and it's Peter Travers and he <laughs> runs away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get back to the Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> back to the darkness, the cave. Shine a light in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he goes sculping off like Klaus Kinski's Nosferatu. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jason Bailey at Flavorwire said, Showgirls is 131 minutes of watching trashy, vapid people being terrible to each other. Now, quick spoiler alert for this episode, but in about 45 minutes, I'm going to be recommending this film for pretty much the exact same reason. Well, then fuck you, Peter Travers, whoever you are. <laughs> They're all Peter Travers now. In many ways, aren't we all Peter Travers since the Holocaust? That's a deep pull. That's a reference to something Orson Welles once said. The film has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes and 16% mm. on Metacritic. It was Yay. initially a box office flop, but then sold really well on home video. I wonder why people would want the privacy of their own home when watching this. Mm. Probably afraid to cry in public at how sad it is. That's why the video was sold with tissues. Yeah, very nice. See what you're doing, Paul. No! Paul Travers. Wait a minute. <laughs> We're not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Family friendly. So sit the kids down and make them listen to this episode about showgirls. So they can all have the most awkward wank of their lives. But people seem to like it anyway. Oh. Helen Monday at Amazon in her five-star review expounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the complete summary of her review. Poppy Teddy Woody at Amazon says, The storyline and acting are so terrible, but that's what makes it such a good film. Put some ice on those titties, bitch. Yeah, this is a hard film to quote playful. <laughs> Come back when you fuck some of that baby fat off. Get Great. it? Remember? <laughs> Julie, you fucking slut. You touch my makeup again and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> from, the, from the film. Uh-huh. Why are you crying? Uh, the film was nominated for all 11 categories of the Golden Raspberries, and it won seven oh. of those Razzies. Uh, it also won Worst Newcomer for Elizabeth Berkeley, beating Amy the Talking Gorilla from Congo. Oh, damn. Later on, it won the Worst Film of the Decade Award. In spite of all this, the film has developed a cult following, some critical reappraisal, and now we've bloody well watched it. So, Paul, you strip club patron. Uh, let, let me see your sweet boobies. I've been to strip clubs. <laughs> I'm erect. Why aren't you erect? <laughs> oh, Christ. All right, what happens in Paul Verhoeven's Showgirls? TM. TM, TM. Oh, if we say it, who do we owe? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think they owe us. I think we just TM Showgirls. Oh, Christ. So now it belongs to us. No one had thought to do Paul, it. tell everyone about our new film. <laughs> okay, see, it's it's great. It starts like this. We've got Numi Rapace being played by 
<laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley. She jumps into a car. She's hitchhiking on her way to Vegas. Las Vegas. That's right. The Vegas. She gets picked up by Barry Pepper playing Johnny Goodboy Tyler. She gets picked up by first clear sign that we're in a Paul Verhoeven movie. <laughs> face like a Verhoeven movie. <laughs> His face is like total recall. So what are you going to Vegas for? You going to win? I'm going to dance. Maybe one of them real like private escort dancers? Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's trying to come on to her in a bit of an aggressive way. It's okay, because she's got a knife. She might cut him, she probably will. <laughs> she probably has. He appreciates this, and she appreciates that. He appreciates that. It's 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 yeah. very good so far. They get to Vegas, mm. where he says, don't worry, just leave everything that you own in my car. It's fine, let's go into this casino for a bit. Or you know what? Okay! <laughs> I'm going to go over here. I think she... Yes, Elizabeth um, Berkeley? Yes. Berkeley. Um, she is, I believe, a practice, a practitioner of Nicolas Cage's school of mega acting. Where are you from? Back east. From where back east? Different places. You know, shit. I do not want her to be pissed at me. I'm sorry! She is. Yes, and she is going to go off and do some slots. Yes. Which is to say that she uses slot machines, because based on the content of this movie, you might believe that slots is something else, but no. She goes in and she wins immediately. And she gets Yay. all the nickels changed to dollars, and then she blows it all immediately. And, Vegas. Uh, yes, Vegas, baby. And then Having Johnny Goodboy Tyler. <laughs> Christmas tree. It's the <laughs> happiest time of year. It's um, This is a Christmas movie, actually. There's a bunch of Christmas trees in the background. My God, wonderful. Add that to the list, everyone. And yes, and, Every and she. Year. Come on, Nan. Come on, Nan. It's your idea first. You can't <laughs> renege on this. Let's watch a Christmas film, you said. So clearly, you're going to watch this now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said Showgirls. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, she's very energetic, isn't she? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she's going to sleep well. <laughs> Barry Pepper stole all her stuff and she goes fucking insane and tries to kill herself and smash up a car. Street yeah. Fighter style. <laughs> it's the bonus round. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't earn it. So rightly, no. uh, Molly comes out. Yes. Only pleasant character in this Molly. She, she comes out and says, please don't A, break my car and then B, throw up or run into the road. And she does all of them because uh, she's like that. You can't yeah. tell her what to do, Elizabeth Berkeley. Not since the heady days of Saved by the Bell. And she, <laughs> Molly saves her and then they become, for the purpose of the narrative, friends. Yes, absolutely. Mm. They live in a caravan together immediately because that's Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah, Vegas, baby. Molly live a- in a hole. Selling <laughs> my shoes. Tree. It's the happiest time. (laughs) They live in a fucking caravan, and Molly is a designer for costumes. Um, Elizabeth Mm. Berkeley, what's her name? Numi. Nomi. Nomi Owen Juliet has found a job stripping in a club. I can't remember what it's called. Cheaters, I think. Cheaters, that's the one, yes. Lovely, Mm. very subtle. Cheaters. Um, Yes, she's working for an even more frightening version of Henry Winkler. Henry Even Winkler. Henry Winkler and Rayleigh Otter. <laughs> Both had sex with the same sentient egg from the past. That would be what you get here. But we don't meet him yet. And first, Molly's going to take Elizabeth Debecky. Oh, fuck me, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> Nomi. She takes Nomi and Juliet to the show. The big showgirls show. That she's where working on. She goes backstage and finds everybody naked and all tossling each other. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's go. Let's do this. Come on, you guys. We've got two minutes. Robes off. Ladies, how are we doing? Annie. What? You're naked. 
You, I need Molly. Julie, what happened? I don't know. It just ripped. It's okay. It's almost done. Molly. Yeah. We're gonna see a smiling snatch if you don't fix this g-string. I will be right there, and she wants to smile her snatch. She probably cut that string herself. <laughs> Molly introduces Nomi to Crystal. Fuck yeah. Played by Gina Gachon. Gina Gachon. Gina Gachon. From from Face Off <laughs> and other things. Or- Visage. Ugh. <laughs> Face egg. Yeah. <laughs> Sans visage. <laughs> it's one of those janky lost in translation titles. And uh, they have a conversation in, in which Gina Gauchon implies or just sort of says outright, but not in so many words, that... Um, you're a stripper. She, I don't know what they do at Cheetahs, but it certainly ain't dancing, darling. Yeah. She screams, um, you don't know shit, and then storms off to go yeah. into traffic again, we can assume. <laughs> Molly... Stays to have several lines with Gina Gershon, but then is able to catch yeah. up with her. She stormed out of there, but she did so very slowly. Yes, it's worth saying that Nomi was utterly beguiled by the show. And now her big ambition mm. and character motivation is to become Gina Gershon. So mm-hmm. they decide to go to a nightclub to blow off some steam. Somebody says, yeah. boy, Elizabeth Berkeley can- sure can dance, can't she? Is that what's happening? It is. It looks like she's turned into a Power Ranger. It's the best dancing scene since Al Pacino in Cruising. Look, James Smith sees that. He sees yeah. that she's got raw talent, <laughs> but it's 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 unrestrained. And, raw and uh, yeah, and he needs <laughs> and uh, you need you need the turmeric pepper in there to sort of to get the anti-inflammatory benefits from it. And James Smith knows this, and he comes in and says, "I can I can anti-inflame your dancing, Elizabeth Berkeley." Yeah. Also, suck my dick, bitch, or something similar. Yeah. And that that doesn't go down very well after the initial op- the opening gambit. No, she kicks him so, in the balls, starting a massive yeah. bar fight, which she eventually gets arrested for. Uh, yeah. James bails her out. Yeah. And then he continues his continues insulting her. And it's at this point we get some insight into her job with Henry Even Wrinkler. She works in a in a strip club, which includes a sort of bawdy vaudeville act. A large woman named mm. Henrietta who goes out to tell bad jokes. And when someone in the audience gives her shit for being fat, she says, Ha! You think you can abuse me? Well, I'm really fat. Ha ha ha! Oh, I'm ashamed. Hey, Henrietta! Hey, 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 hey! Pull your dress up! Molly! You can never handle me with all these wrinkles of fat. <laughs> Why, you never even find the thing. <laughs> I'd have to piss on you to give you a clue. And then that is the time she reveals her sort of <laughs> automatic popping yeah. corset. Her pneumatic gas-powered breast revealer. It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. They're working on a patent. Henry Even Wrinkler is introducing a new girl, Penny, to everyone. Her name's mm-hmm. not really Penny, but it is now. No, it's her name's Penny, and they call her oh, Hope. That's right, yeah. They don't want to fuck a Penny. They want to fuck a Hope. I'd fuck a or Penny. A, or, a t- or a Tiffany. Got to fuck a penny or two. <laughs> What's the fucking old person's statement about a penny? You see a penny, you fuck it. <laughs> and all the day you'll have fucked it. <laughs> this is why you wanted to watch Showgirls, Gran. <laughs> oh, I like the tits. You're misremembering of this old non-offensive <laughs> proverb. A bird in a hand, fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's introducing her around. And, mm. it, and at the end of it, he's just like, hey, later on, you're going to give me a blowjob. <laughs> First, I get you hooked on the money. And then I make you swallow. Yeah. Oh, I want to stop working here then. Shit, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have told you my evil plan. Please, please work here and don't tell my boss I said that to you. Please, 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 please. I mean, I'll get in so much trouble. I've been playing it really fast and loose around here. <laughs> talk a big game. I need this job, please. And we're so accountable here. <laughs> and please don't fill in. The f- when you fill in your staff feedback form, only say nice things about me, please. You slut. Get out there. Get your ass out there and earn me some money. Oh, you're a lovable character, I think we're meant to think. Are we? 
<laughs> Discussion to follow. And then Nomi goes on stage. Yes, here's the girl who's going to tickle your pickle, he says. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a fucking poet. God, I didn't know this movie was going to be this horny. I'm a poet and none of you have blown it. Not once. <laughs> Not tonight, anyway. And she goes out to do one of her angry dances and she finds shock horror that <laughs> Gina Gershon is there with Kyle MacLachlan. With a very interesting <laughs> Jimmy Eat World style haircut. Yeah. A very distracting and a cocaine habit. appearance. A similar yeah. cocaine habit. Yeah, yeah she, she gets angry and she leaves the stage and goes backstage. At which point, Henry Even Winkler says, Put your nighty on. And it's like, She's covered in sweat. Ew. Yeah. Don't do that. Let her have a shower first. There's something really unpleasant about that. That's what... the idea of getting into your pajamas when you've just had a run. <laughs> then she is told to go out and work the floor because yes. there, there are guys out there with 10, 12 bucks to spend. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> We've got some real big spenders in tonight. She goes out to one fucking table and it's like, hey, do you want to rub my boobs on you? <laughs> nice boobs. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I do have nice yeah. boobs. Great. I want to touch them. Mm. Oh, well, you can't touch me, but I can touch you. <laughs> I know where you can touch me. Yeah, that's the fucking point, mate. Have you, have you, is this, <laughs> Come on. Are you interested? I mean, look, I am willing to get <laughs> naked and gyrate a ridiculous amount on top of you. Do you want that or not? Um... I was just, I was just like, here with my friends, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Got a lot of growing up to do, kid. Anyway, I'm going to go over and hang out with Karma Clacklin, who knows how to treat a woman. Because <laughs> Gina Gershon offers to pay $500 to give them both a lap dance. <laughs> yeah. After, after much haggling. In the extraordinarily public private dancing booths. She will perform the dance on Carly World, and <laughs> Gina Gershon will watch yeah. from a distance. Yeah, and um, she certainly fucking eats his world because she gives him <laughs> what looks like the the sort of compacting machine that defeats the Terminator at the end <laughs> of the original movie. Yeah, she does that on him. And makes him come. Including the incredibly erotic manoeuvre of being on his lap and then putting her leg up on the armrest, which looks very erotic to me. <laughs> Oh, I can see right up it. <laughs> Look at that. I can see you've never had kids. <laughs> so back up at least one kid. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> um, so anyway. The next morning. Well, James Smith has been yes. watching. Yeah. Should be saying. He, he tried to get a free show. Which only worked for about six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> They've got very good security at this place. So it is very unfair yeah. what he says to her next. Yeah, he comes up and says, hey, I saw that incredibly erotic dance and jacked off a couple of times and I think it's wrong. <laughs> at which point I write the note, wow, that AIDS and shit line, which everybody knows, really is fucking out of nowhere, isn't it? I didn't fuck anybody. I, was I saw you. Man, everybody got AIDS and shit. You know, what is it that you think you do? I assume it looked great when he wrote it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's irrespective of either line on either side of it. It's amazing. I mean, is that written knowingly about a time period <laughs> where, you know, AIDS education wasn't really a thing? Ah. Or is it just evidence that AIDS education wasn't really a thing? <laughs> It could be both. Look, I'm I'm doing a dance as James Smith. I'm, I've written a whole dance and you're the perfect part for it. You should yeah. do that. I I've can help you, you control. For you. Literally for you and on you. Yeah. And around you is this dance. Yeah. You are the Lord of the Dance in my new dance, <laughs> the Lord of the Dance by James Smith. Look, none of our interactions are pleasant. I don't think we're even friends, but I will get in this car yeah. and kind of have sex with you, but I'm also on my period, so I won't. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'll buy you a cheeseburger. I already said yes. <laughs> She she gets given a card by some douchebag in sunglasses at her show saying, hey, yeah. come check out for the most unlikable character in this movie. 
Me? No, different one. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you gotta be surprised. <laughs> oh yeah, and as soon as he leaves, some fucking douchebag comes up to him and is like, Hey, I wanna see your ass. I mean, strip show. You like just see it five <laughs> seconds ago. Also, it's just kind of out now. I'm not wearing much. Mm. <laughs> I want to see your ass. Do you think I think about that kind of thing when I come <laughs> up here to muster up the courage to say something despicable to you, <laughs> new me? I've been at the bar for five minutes plucking up my courage. <laughs> Mother said some girls weren't going to be receptive to my shit. You're a bitch, bitch anyway, and a lesbian. I much prefer David Fincher's Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, Yes, she goes to the audition where the fucking worst character of the movie was telling women to go home for various reasons, such as your tits are too big. Mm. What do you think this is, a sex show? <laughs> I've seen you before. Yes, Mr. Moss, I auditioned for you in January. You told me to get my nose fixed. Nose looks good. Thank you, Mr. Moss. Nice smile, too. Thank you, Mr. Moss. You know what, though? Your ears are sticking out. They are. Come back and see me when you get them fixed. See ya. Another woman is sent home because she's taken too many classes, and then they spend the next few yeah. scenes complaining that they've not hired a woman who's qualified enough. But yeah, tap is really not applicable here. <laughs> it was topless tap. Yeah. That's not a thing. I think you might have been conned. <laughs> was that James Smith again? They turn around and he's being chased by police, by dance police. <laughs> like the fucking big train sketch. <laughs> exactly like that. That is precisely what I was thinking of. And... Yeah, but she, and she, she gets a part because she, she, does. she doesn't take any of his shit and then he, he likes that and then he continues to give her shit and yeah. she eventually can't handle his shit <laughs> and she runs off when she he does. tells her to ice up her nipples because they're shit. <laughs> get some ice on those nipples. But she does initially go to see, she does after getting the part go and see James um, to yeah. say, hey, I got the part. Aren't I great? Um, yeah. <laughs> I got the part in that show you were really disgusted at me being a part of. <laughs> Isn't that great? But when she gets there, she finds that he's sleeping with Penny Justice, or whatever her name is. Penny Justice. <laughs> she says, no, he says, I thought we were working on something. She says, I thought we were exclusive. No, neither of you agreed on that. <laughs> there was nothing about your previous rather terse interactions that implied either of you should be upset by the developments here. Oh, well. She's heartbroken. Well, you know, you still you still would be. Man like James Smith goes and yeah. fucks a penny. <laughs> He picks a penny, fucks it up. And it's... <laughs> Later on, he meets with her. And it's like, look, I'm sorry, okay? I've, I have a problem with pussy. <laughs> Which is a fantastic fucking apology. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Bill Clinton. I have a problem with pussy. So brave. T- I mean, Donald Trump would genuinely offer that. I do believe that at least Louis C.K. has said that. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that many and people... And it worked for him. In the last two or three years have said that. I'm pretty sure Harvey, Harvey Weinstein did actually say that, just in different words. <laughs> Are they all quoting showgirls? This yeah. is all getting me out of trouble, <laughs> that uncontroversial film. <laughs> the film at this point focuses quite intently on Gina Gershon and Elizabeth Berkeley's relationship. Yes. Because now Elizabeth Berkeley's in this show, she's getting lots of attention from all of the trainers. We didn't say that Gina Gershon is the one who sort of engineered her audition. Oh yeah, she's the mastermind behind all of this for some fucking reason. Well, she she li- she likes her. She does like yes. her. I think she reminds her a bit of herself, but she also yes, and she also wants to prove to herself that she's no better than a whore. There's a little bit of intrigue here because there's a bit where <laughs> there's there's one of the strippers has like little kids with her who want yeah. who are sick of all the boobs they can see and want to go see the monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a young boy and I'm sick of all this nudity, <laughs> monkeys. And one of the other singers like shouts at them and makes yeah. them cry, um, mm. for which. The mother decides to cripple her by throwing jewels, jewels underneath. Jewels, Betty. Jewels. 
you, jewels, all the jewels. That was the coup de grace of their ongoing feud. I guess so. Anyway, Nomi Malone sees this happen, but she doesn't say anything. Um, even though she's yeah. a little horrified at what happens. Yeah. Um, there's more f- f- sort of friendship building between Gina Gershon <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth Berkeley. Is that how you interpreted that? I, it's friendship. It's rivalry. It's it's friendship in the same way that like a friendship develops between Kathy Bates and Jimmy <laughs> James Kahn and Misery. It's that kind of friendship. Uh, yeah, I think that Gina Gershon is intrigued by Elizabeth Berkeley, so she keeps taking uh, taking yeah. her out, and they're they are complimenting you know, her on her breasts. I like nice tits. <laughs> I always have. How about you? I like having nice tits. They're, yeah, and they're, they're sharing odd little stories about what they did when they were both struggling to make it, but then it will then turn around to how one of them's definitely a whore and one of them definitely isn't. And um, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's just that Elizabeth de Berkeley, she constantly gets upset when people accuse her of being a whore. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's something that happens quite a lot, incidentally, <laughs> in moments in this film. The guy with sunglasses shows up because he's got a little proposition for Nomi Malone. Um, oh, yeah. He wants her to represent the hotel by appearing at a boat show or some shit. And, um, Be a she's... girl. Be one of the yeah. girls that they have at these things that you never really think about, but must have entire lives around just being a girl at a thing. Uh, and she's offered a thousand bucks and she accepts it because obviously a thousand bucks is great you could you could buy you could buy so many strippers with a thousand bucks you don't even know yeah that's what you do isn't it it's very much a busman's holiday well she doesn't realize that these businessmen with their thousand bucks think that they've bought a thousand butts off of her or like access to her butts because they want to have sex with her but she's not gonna do that so she storms off at this stage we should point out that Carl mcclachlan has been quite (laughs) generous to her and has been like supportive and yeah. corrected Aww. her when she uses when she says Versace instead of Versace at various points. So she's like encouraging her. But at this stage, it's really it's it's revealed to be just an act, and that he's just yeah. another douchebag. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And they have sex in a pool. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> so uh, they have quite energetic sex in a pool. Yes. <laughs> They have ridiculous sex in a pool. They have fantastic geometric sex. <laughs> they have sex like Tony Jar fights. <laughs> I say they. I mean, it's Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley, really. She's really driving the whole scene, isn't she? Yeah, it's very much like Keanu Reeves and that chick from Siberia. He, she does that so that at the next board meeting of the Vegas mob bosses who run mm. all this fucking thing, when they're saying, Gina Gershon's got to go. She's she's getting too old. Uh, we need someone who's got heat. And he says, like, the drunken ghost of Frank Sinatra. Nomi's got heat. And everyone disagrees with Karma Klachan because <laughs> everyone can see that she's super mental. And yeah. that doesn't translate well to dancing. But... <laughs> it does. It actually does. Check any dancer. Look at Madonna. Look at her. <laughs> she's out there. Or oh, she doesn't get it. It's given to... I don't know, Penny or something. Yeah. Well, she's told that but, she um, gets it, but then Gina Gershon threatens to sue the hotel if she, if Nomi Malone gets it. At this point, we get a leather bondage motorcycle centerpiece, and it's mm. fucking great. It is it's really great. It's really good. It can't be overstated. No, you can hear the pleather slapping against each other. <laughs> it's very much like an, an even more erotic version of Batman and Robin. Unfortunately, afterwards... Elizabeth de Berkeley decides to shove Gina Gershon down the stairs. Yeah. Whoops. Oopsie. It worked for Mother of Two. Yeah. The the Mother of Two covers for her. Mother of Two covers for her. and But Molly sees it. It's like, I've got to be honest, honest Numi. I'm not impressed. And it's the ultimate moment of the show. <clears throat> She's going to lose her best friend 
forever. Oh no, there she is. Yeah. She's in the next scene. It's worth just writing James out of the film at this point because she goes and sees his uh, dance that he's been threatening to do. Yes. Which is being loudly booed by everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then he just disappears from the whole film. Bye. He says, oh, fuck it. She's, uh, Penny's pregnant. I'm going to work in my mum's grocery store. Eh, fine. Who gives <laughs> a shit? shit? Dance, whatever. <laughs> they finally accept her as the replacement for Gina Gershon. And she becomes... Yes. After briefly Got considering it. Janet Jackson or Paula Abdul. Yeah. And neither of those worked out. In their naked tit show. <laughs> She's now the queen of Vegas. The eponymous goddess of the show. And she gets invited to a party where everything's great and the film ends and we don't have to worry about anything after that. Yeah, great. That's why I stopped watching. Yep. The end. So, Paul, what do you think about Showgirls? Um, I w- was really, really enjoying it. Mm. Then... Well, I mean, there was a moment between that last scene and the credits, a, a roughly 15 minute long moment where the the really nice Molly character, yes, the, the designer, the only nice character in the film. I mean, you know, it continues being nice for a little bit because she gets to meet the idol, you know, that yeah. she's been idolizing. Yeah. You know, this, uh, this singer that she really likes and she goes taken for a drink by him. Yes. And that's the end of the movie. Great. She had a happy ending. That was good. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the movie? I thought it was really interesting, actually. Um, I think you can really see Paul Verhoeven's influence in this, um, especially in that last scene where, where they go for a drink and then they're happily ever after, yeah. except for... Um... Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they go up to his room. Oh, they, they have a bit of a fight because... That's right. Yeah. She she's she, Oh, she's a bit tired. She wants to go home. Yeah. And he's like, I fully respect that. And that's it. Yes. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, so what did you think of the film, Paul? Well, I really liked it, up yeah. to a point. I, I, re- I kind of, well, just before the end credits, really, before it, it came up and said directed by Paul Verhoeven, mm. um, there was a violent gang rape of Molly. The nice one. By the singer Jensen. Mm. Yeah. Which was immediately followed by the credit directed by Paul Verhoeven. And then a few more minutes of film after that. But that credit yes. came up. In Paul my Verhoeven head. came in, <laughs> holding it up like a pit girl. <laughs> Whilst it was happening in the background. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fun and games in cult movies until somebody gets raped. And it's a very, horrible. very violent, yeah. horrible, visceral scene. I mean, there's like, it's maybe 12 seconds worth of footage. Yeah. But those aren't an easy 12 seconds. She gets rushed to hospital, at which point Elizabeth Berkeley wonders why there's no police. Karma Clarkin reveals that he now knows her backstory. Berkeley decides to go and beat up the guy who did it quite yeah. viciously, uh, which is which is fun. Um, we're, we're back into fun, I think, a little bit. Then she says goodbye to Molly and heads out of town. Mm. Oh, she says goodbye to Gina as well, Gina Gershon, yeah. who's also in that hospital. Yeah, it's the hospital for that show. There's a lot of people in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she forgives her because that's what she did to her predecessor. She broke one of her bones to become yeah. the star, and it's just cyclical. Yeah. And as she leaves Las Vegas, she hitches to Los Angeles in the car of the same guy at the beginning of the film <laughs> yeah. who stole her luggage. And threatens him again. Ah, oh, old times. Yeah, that was Paul Verhoeven's Showgirls. Mm. And it was a lot of fun, except for that yes. one bit. Yeah, I would go as far to say that I really liked the film. Yeah, me too. That sequence, followed mm. by the the makeup with her and Gina Gershon, yeah. which features a very saucy tongues and all kiss, yeah. which is clearly 
played for titillation knowingly by Paul Verhoeven. It's not a very sincere kiss. You know what would have been nice in that moment is a sincere kiss? Like an actual just well, lips closed kiss rather than a big tonguey thing. But I think this is those two scenes back to back is what Paul Verhoeven is, is bringing with this mm. film, which shows men and the male gaze at their absolute worst. And, yeah. you know, the dialogue from Strip Club... Oh yeah, uh, clientele taken verbatim from from interviewing strippers around Las Vegas and right, America. Yeah. Contrasting that and you know this this horrible sort of exploitation of all these yeah. women with so much nudity, very attractive women dancing and sure some some fairly erotic scenes. Yeah, it's Paul Verhoeven for one thing daring the audience to not feel the things that are being criticised in this film, and then also. Daring people not to feel really, really dirty, I think, at the same time. Right. It doesn't feel out of the ordinary for Paul Verhoeven to do mm. something like this, to turn the mirror on, onto the audience. Sure. Yeah, it's difficult to ascribe sort of intention to various things. I think one thing that is true is that in spite of how campy and over-the-top and ridiculous this film is, which is why I enjoyed it quite a great deal, mm. you know, Carl McLaughlin famously thought he was making an art film, and Verhoeven, I think, was surprised at just how ridiculous people found it and although they've kind of come to terms with it getting a uh, reputation for so bad it's good or a reputation i'm not entirely behind which we'll come to later i think it was genuinely intended as a critique of america in this and its mm. excess and he's the one who offered direction to elizabeth um berkeley to sort of do it big yeah. and bold and that sort of thing so it's fairly clear that um he was intending this to be a genuine point so mm. therefore you do have to wonder if the incongruity slightly of the rape scene was an intentional sort of, you know, shock to the audience to say, yes, this was yeah. our intention. Uh, this is what we've been hinting around. Or if it was just part of a genuine critique, which didn't quite come off the way he expected it to. Because a rape scene like that might not have been quite so out of place in a... Um, slightly straighter film mm. you know but and maybe if he didn't realize because that's what happens with a lot of cult movies is that if you don't realize you're making a great big campy mess you will put in the odd serious thing not realizing that it's kind of out of place yeah i do think that the label cult film mm. is misleading because a cult following implies that kind of zany campy mm. to tonal mess and yeah you know there are plenty of hilarious moments but i yeah. really feel like someone like verhoven doesn't do things by accident Mm. And I and I I don't think that this not sure rape he... scene was a slip. I mean, he even says that there's a reason that this happens to Molly. Mm. She's the only likable character in this entire movie with good yeah. intentions. So he's he's fully aware of the impact mm. of that scene, and it is so extreme. Yeah, seriously unpleasant. I yeah, I would like to give Paul Verhoeven the credit of believing that he did that on purpose. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair enough, that scene probably works the way he intended. I'm not sure he did set out to make essentially dynasty with nudity, which is what this is. It's essentially, I mean, John, Gina Gershon is Joan Collins. You know, it's a very sort of silly and camp film. And I'm not sure it was quite meant to be quite so, because I, I did spend a fair amount of this film laughing and, mm. you know, having a lot of fun with it. And I'm not sure it was meant to be that fun. I mean, 
Verhoeven's films often work as satire, where you are enjoying it as well as it being a sort of very vicious critique of the thing that it's going after. Mm. But it's hard to tell just how much of the laughing that you're doing whilst you're watching this is intentional. Well, it's interesting because I wasn't laughing all that much. Mm. I was, um, I was, expe- I was expecting something ridiculous, and yes, it was ridiculous, but I wasn't mm. finding it sort of laugh out loud funny. I was okay. amused, and I was definitely enthralled by how crazy this film was. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Maybe it doesn't feel as jarring. Yeah. But to go from one to the other. It's a very camp kind of ridiculous film with a lot of very silly stuff in it. The performances are very large and I mean more than anything else I was just entertained by the largesse of the whole thing, by the bright costumes, the ridiculous displays. Mm. The whole thing has this sort of soaked in color aesthetic that's just larger than life and it's very it moves at a pace. And the entertaining mm. parts of it are all of the sort of you know, she's backstabbing her and there's a feud building there and, you know, you bitch mm. and, you know, yeah, you slut and pulling on each other's hair, cat fight. Yeah. You know, kind of stuff. And I think that's why I really enjoyed the film and that's why I think it is worth watching because it's quite the spectacle. Mm. It's a spectacle yes, it of performance is. and design and everything else. And yeah. Although it does have a lot it's of so male... well directed. It is very well directed. Um, and it does have a lot of male gaze in it, but surprisingly there's an awful lot of non-male gaze nudity. There's a mm. lot of nudity that's just matter of fact. You know, these women are just yeah. behind the scenes and they're naked because that's the job. And, you know, there's mm. a lot of very open talk about periods and things like that, which I imagine yeah. would be perceived as progressive at the yeah. time. And Berkeley's character might be quite silly, but she's very forthright. You know, when she's uncomfortable, yeah. she's likely to just punch someone and walk away. Something I thought of earlier when you're, yeah, when we were talking about Elizabeth Berkeley and Paul Verhoeven's direction, mm. um, it surprised me that she was her performance was seen as you know worst of the year and no. one of the worst of all time oh, that's right. i but i mean she never really got any no. proper work after this if i'm not mistaken which is a shame which i think is so unfair because yeah. uh, paul verhoeven definitely feels guilty about it because he was the one that told her to act like this but yes. it feels strange that people wouldn't have figured that out or at least some people some critics assumed that this was an act yes but the important thing i think was that the money lost that uh, the movie lost money that's all mm. they probably cared about is the movie didn't do well commercially and therefore when your movie doesn't do well commercially everyone that was part of it is part of the problem which included her so but there is something so appealing and attractive about that gaudiness though i mean oh the, yeah um, and the dancing is so extraordinary it's yeah. just it's baffling it's not i wouldn't say it was erotic really although there is something to just how forthright some of the moves are yeah when a woman just sort of springs herself around full and looks you dead mm. in the eye down the camera and the breasts kind of jiggle yeah. a little bit as she snaps yeah yeah there's something kind of intimidatingly erotic about that <laughs> there's quite a lot of it that's very titillating which is mm. again mm. is paul verhoeven going oh yeah does that excite you does it <laughs> you're as bad as they are yeah but um it's so well shot and produced mm. and yeah it's an interesting mix, and with a more focused script, it might have helped the message be a bit stronger. Yeah, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's perfect. <laughs> Violent rape scene and all. It's it's it, There's just something so... I mean, I like that in there as a sort of slap-to-the-face reminder. Like, hey, mm. we've all had a lot of fun here, kids, but this is where these kinds of attitudes and this kind of thing that we've been showing quite bluntly and humorously lead because you know i think there's something there's something to getting an insight into a cd underworld that people like you know when you hear yeah, sort definitely. of horror stories you know you want to hear like the horror stories that a taxi driver might tell you or you know someone who does some job where they're going to be subjected to the public's worst 
instincts you know and, and showgirls are going to be on the uh, the brunt of that unfortunately and you do want to hear what that involves and how it made them feel and how they cope with it and whether it's worth it in the end which maybe they don't mm. get too much into those latter two here it's more sort of just titillating glimpse into a glitzy shady part of american culture the fun side of it the the humor yeah and the the wackiness is totally essential to the ending in my opinion yeah i think that if it was a more serious gritty movie that ended with that rape scene then it wouldn't have been as effective no but two minutes before that i was enjoying myself yeah two minutes after we have the hospital scene and that's really over the top and then she goes yeah. on a weird nikita style espionage thing to go beat yeah. up the singer it's just that there's just that little kick in the nuts <laughs> near the last part where yeah. it's just like hey and he gets a lot more subtle verhoeven than this because starship troopers yeah is a beautifully epic film about the indoctrination of three kids into nazism and i love it for that it's about the high school kids it's about the saved by the bell kids becoming fascists and i love that and it plays it completely straight as if it was the most heroic mm-hmm. and natural thing in the world and critics misunderstood it and thought it was an actual recruitment thing for fascism yeah well yeah and this is the reason that i would say give showgirls a chance engage mm. with it i can't see how you wouldn't find this enjoyable high art no mm. high camp extraordinary melodrama real mm. sort of just popcorn entertainment yes popcorn entertainment for adults yeah fucking take it yeah, and then you sure. can read into it as much as you like but god almighty is it entertaining yeah. that two hours and 11 minutes flew by same length as song to song and it really, really didn't feel it. The, the <laughs> truth is that I really enjoyed this film. I thought mm. it was, it's endlessly interesting. Yeah. And there's so much you can discuss about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just talk about some of the things we liked about it. Let's quickfire. Quickfire. I'll, I'll just start because my thing is literally the first thing. It's the opening. I really love it. Black screen. You start to hear traffic and you start to hear footsteps approach. Purple neon title, Showgirls. And then we cut hard and it's a tracking shot following Elizabeth uh, Berkeley walking. It's a real power start. And I really liked it. And a real... It's not cheesy. It's quite gritty. Loved. It. I liked it a lot. It's a fantastic shot. That was the first thing I noted yeah. as well. Their portrayal of Vegas. It's just so... Oh, yeah. Such a, such a horrendous place, and I, I keep thinking specifically of that that shopping mall that they 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 return to, mm. with um, that's made to look out like it's outside with the sky yeah. blue. Roof, oh yeah, where they have this sort of piazza style restaurant that they eat at, and the forum. And then after that scene, they leave and they go out, and it's just some fucking parking lot, <laughs> and it just looks absolutely gross outside. <laughs> I thought the nighttime stuff was gorgeous though it looked beautiful i mean when they're just sat in the restaurant and it's got the constant color movements over their faces so they're getting illuminated pinks and blues just fluorescent colors there's something gorgeous about the strip in this just really seductive and dreamlike oh i like the car stunt when johnny goodboy tyler sort of says well you want me to pull over i'll pull over and he just like pulls in front of a van and the van has to like swerve out of the way fucking terminator (laughs) 2 style that was pretty badass nice near collision there (laughs) It's Vegas, baby. Sway in the road. Floor in the gas. 17 dead. At this time of year. In the first conversation with Molly and Nomi, when Molly offers a place, Molly offers Nomi a place to stay. And uh-huh. she says, uh, Nomi says, are you hitting on me? And Molly sort of smiles and goes, no. Yeah. You're not a hooker, are you? Says Molly to Nomi. No. And it's kind of, I don't know, they're just joking about it already. It was quite yeah. a sweet exchange. I quite like them. I like their friendship. Um, and I like their first moment when, having rescued her from the traffic, she sort of pulls her head really close to hers. And it looks like they're going to yeah. kiss, but they just have a sort of forehead bonding moment. 
which yeah. um, I imagine girls have when they first meet. Their <laughs> menstrual cycles uh, synced, and they were friends yeah. for life. And what's weird is they will always respond to each other's call. Velociraptors. I really like the caravan they're living in as well. Clever girls. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I love the caravan they're living in. I love the idea of living in a caravan. There's something yeah. very shabby chic about this whole thing. It's like um, the rum diary, which I keep a hold of mm. just because I really like his lifestyle. I want to go to a mm. South American city and just live in a shitty apartment writing horoscopes. Yeah. You know, something romantic about that. I want my eyes to be like Giovanni Rabisi's in that film. <laughs> Hellish. Fuck me, I completely forgot about Giovanni Rabisi in that film. Your eyes, they're, they're white shot. <laughs> when the woman uh, the first one to fall um from the japes of the showgirls the one who gets the jewels oh, yeah. put under the dancer's feet and breaks her body yeah she's constantly complaining because her thong has come loose or something oh, or yeah. it's too small or... you're gonna see her smiling gash or something then the three snatch very effeminate yeah. male dancers yes come onto the scene and uh, one of them goes who wants to see her snatch anyway i certainly wouldn't well, we know that babe yeah. It's such a it's very good. matter like of that. fact <laughs> Gay connoisseur of snatches Yeah Oh I like her nails throughout she, A big thing is made of the fact that she paints her own nails uh, And that's one yeah. of the things that sort of attracts Gina Gershon to her And it becomes yeah. like a I don't know A representation of her natural ability They're really good They're really good designs yeah. Very intricate Very beautifully done Very nice nails I like the shows um, Mostly yeah. the, fir- the first and last one The volcano show looks amazing and I really like the bicycle, the bicycle and plever, the plicycle and plever mm. sequence. Mm. It just looked the Gary Vitter sequence. <laughs> it was like a Mad Max stage show. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm going to stick with Gary Glitter. Right. <laughs> That's the best reference. <laughs> Have you seen Gary Glitter Fury Road? Uh, I've seen Gary Glitter's Fury Road. Oh God! <laughs> Keeping it in. <laughs> best joke of the yep. It's the festive time of year. I generally don't like cuts in big dance numbers, but there was one, um, it it didn't bug me as much in this movie, but there was one particular bit where four or so dancers were pirouetting and it cut on every single rotation. And there was just something so mesmerizing about the way it was done. (laughs) Um, They managed to make cutting in a dance scene work. Yeah. In Gina Gershon's first scene, first of all, she appears naked on stage, like defiantly naked. You know, com- like completely naked and just wanders around. And then afterwards, she's sort of in her post show interview that we see a couple of times. Mm. And there's just something unreal about her. It's it's very good. She is like a sort of evil snow queen. And it was something very yeah. powerful and, and eerie about her that I really liked. Yeah, she has her palace on a mountain. She's sequestered away from the rest of the <laughs> dancing girls. Yeah. For, for, the, for most people, unapproachable. Yeah. She's unobtainable. It's, yeah. And yet, and very, very. And she had a nice manner about her. Apparently, she just did yeah. the Texan accent, even though Paul Verhoeven told her not to, and then she didn't get any <laughs> feedback on that at all. Molly, this top is way too tight. My breasts are just getting crushed in here. I want my nipples to press, but I don't want them to look like they're levitating. She's got a very confident, Hawksian attitude, which I quite like. Old fashioned, I- seductive. I appreciated the show with some lovely tight man butt <laughs> flying around as well. For, for full gender parity, there should have been a couple of balls flying loose. But yeah, give us a bit was, of cock. Uh, come on, Verhoeven, yeah, you're Dutch. On. What are you afraid of? Oh, relatedly, I really like Karma Clarkland's butt in the uh, incredible uh, swimming pool sequence I imagine we'll come to later. That's just an yeah. onto that one. But um... That was a body double, that. Oh, well, that guy had a great mm. butt. That guy had a fantastic fucking bottom. Nice. Nice one, mate. Ni- mm. Hey, mate. 
Nice ass. Um, <laughs> oh, when James gets punched in the club, gets punched yeah. right in the club. Um, it's great. It's a really good sound effect. It looks like a good connection. It's a it's a good old meaty punch that I like a lot. Yes, that follows the line. No, you be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very hypocritical. And he's really got to reassess. That's how that works. His approach. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Wrinkler's pep talk for lap dancing that he gives to Penny slash Hope. Yeah. Is so good. It's so perfect because it starts off with bad and then you get a, a glimmer of hope as it sounds like Henry Wrinkler is protecting her. Yes. And then it just gets progressively worse with tiny little peaks. <laughs> 50 bucks a pop, you take them in the back. Touch and go. They touch, they go. You can touch them, they cannot touch you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> now if they come, it's okay. If they take it out, come all over you, call a bouncer. Unless he gives you a big tip. If he gives you a big tip... It's okay. Oh, <laughs> look, they can pay me to get around all of these rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be good and then you did a thing. <laughs> oh, look, can we talk about the, the fucking lap dance that Elizabeth Berkeley gives to yes. Tom McLaughlin? I mean, it's pretty, yeah. pretty fucking good. It's pretty ex- extraordinary. Like, usually I never really got the idea of strip clubs because the idea is you go, get an erection, and you go home. <laughs> I never really got the idea of it. but and, Oh, without some of your money, crucially. Um, yeah. But, bloody hell, I mean... I've been to a couple of strip clubs, just by dint of being on a couple of stag do's. Um, The couple of times I've been there, I've been there with, like, older men who I've known just through, like, football and things like that. And Hmm. the whole conceit was, oh, Paul's never had a lap dance, let's pay for him to get a lap dance. And it was one of the most unerotic things (laughs) that I've ever experienced. Right. I don't know what the expectation is. Are you supposed to be turned on? What are you supposed to do? Just sit there? (laughs) Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. <laughs> it's just a very, very uncomfortable scenario for I me. Imagine when if I were Karma Clacklin there, I don't know if I'd be <laughs> orgasming with as much ferocity as he did. I don't know. I quite like over the clothes stuff. I've never had a lap dance. I've never had a professional experience in quite the same yeah, way. Paying but for it is some, the difference. That's is that it? It's just the awkwardness of having paid for it. Because well, I've so had fake. some some very very nice ladies who I've known personally. Mm have done me a couple of favours, including having a bit of a rive around before mm. anyone's clothes have come off. And I think it's great. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's tops. Ironically, it's, it's because it's almost like... It, it is the tease. I mean, another word for this mm. is strip teasing. And the teasing is mm. a lot of fun, and I've known some ladies who take a lot of pleasure in teasing. Um, mm. Thinking, I think, that I don't like it, and the whole idea is, ha I've got the power here. But it's like, oh, I hope we never get round to sex. <laughs> this is great. This is good. We just it's the best bit. Can we just cuddle after this? <laughs> Both strip clubs I've been into, it's been mm. twenty minutes or so of all the guys peeling off one by one as a stripper comes in and <laughs> says, "Hey there, sexy. I I really like you, and I'd love to give you a dance." Yeah. And the fucking idiots in my in my parties would go, "Great, <laughs> she's she means me." <laughs> and it's like, well, <laughs> you say she comes up and says that to the middle distance, <laughs> <laughs> focusing on no one in particular. Like, huh? cheeseburger looked lovely i don't know what it is i feel like is that what you call it mate (laughs) sorry i didn't get it vagina oh i get it her vagina paul (laughs) no the uh, the cheeseburger looked lovely because i feel like in london there's a trend now that cheeseburgers need to be dirty you know they need to be (laughs) like the the lower bun needs to be falling apart and there needs to be lots of there needs to be very sloppy her cheeseburger Mm. was a nice clean 90s burger where you could see all the bits of it. A nice brown bun, some bright green lettuce, some red chunky tomatoes, bit of brown, bit of yellow, bon bun. Looked great. 
I didn't nice know. and clean cut like Toby Maguire. <laughs> it was a Toby Maguire style cheeseburger that bespoke a simpler time. A time of Pokemon and sunny delight. Before all your Michael Fassburgers came along. <laughs> Before bloody Brexit burgers. <laughs> I appreciate the juxtaposition that is James Smith trying to help, Jesus, trying to help Noma Malone, Elizabeth yeah. Berkeley, becoming the dancer she was meant to be. And as she walked away going, bitch, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You've won me over. You're a one. <laughs> Later, when those two are having sex, because that approach does work, I respect the way he just sort of gets her boobs out. I always like this in movies, because I find in movies the sex can be a bit formal, and I can never relate mm. to it as much, as uh, unless somebody just goes straight for the boobs, and he just <laughs> whips them both out and gives them a squeeze. Gives him an old Steven Seagal. <laughs> gives him a bit of the old Steven Seagal. I just find that very relatable. Oh. Ladies. <laughs> oh god when smith gets fired that scene's excellent smith you want a worker you work on your own time you got it i could over there and start lining up those bags i'm talking to her i'm not working her i'm talking to her and you're interrupting my conversation and that's rude now get the fuck out of here asshole you're fired yeah take this jacket oh patrick Br- whilst we're talking about players in this that we liked Ma- uh, patrick bristow as the um if uh kind of camp uh, commandant, the camp commandant. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Fucking great of this fucking dance troupe. He's great. It's rare that you get figures in films who are gay or like coded gay, shall we say, without it being the point of them. Yeah. I mean, even in this film, you know, you have sort of gay guys who are gay for the laughs of it. But he's gay. But he—that's not why he's here, and it doesn't affect his role in the film. Yes. He is a dance instructor, and he can be forceful, but also quite yes. sympathetic. At times, and it's it's refreshing. Yeah, and I thought he played it really well. Was he the chap um, who's five inches away from Elizabeth Berkeley's groin area, going <laughs> thrust it, 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 come on, thrust it, Bob! Yes, yeah. he is that guy. That's fantastic. <laughs> what a moment! There were some good dance noises when people were doing their moves, like when people Moving their limbs. Yeah, exactly. It's like a fight scene. It's as aggressive as one. I really like the idea of, or just the premise of Gina Gershon sinisterly mocking Elizabeth Berkeley while shaving her legs. Because she's shaving her mm. legs not in a sort of seductive, curled leg, you know, ball mm. of foot brought up to buttock kind of, you know, folded leg. No, she's got her legs straight out on the counter in front of her. Knee, knee completely yeah. straight. Leaning quite yeah. a bit in order to reach the bottom of the foot. Not the bottom of the foot. She doesn't have to shave that. You know, she's um, <laughs> the ankle. <laughs> she's Yeah. <laughs> the ankle. And she's shaving and just trying to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize the fair was going to be like that in this incredibly awkward position. That was fun. It's very much, bam, here's my leg. <laughs> Boom. Deal with it. I enjoyed the dancing duets that yeah. happened occasionally with um, Gina Gershon and Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. That's fairly erotic in an angry way. <laughs> Um, and then Elizabeth Berkeley and James Smith mixing up real life people with characters in the film here. But <laughs> yeah, there's just closeness and like steaminess nice. to their angry pumping. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best kind of angry pumping. Steam powered. <laughs> just ask what Tyler. Shh. Oh man. <laughs> good stuff. Oh, there's good tension in that sequence where the diamonds have been unleashed. We're just waiting for the dancer to step on them. And the song that's playing, yeah. I really liked. It was a good sort of upbeat song, yeah. which makes this tension sort of all the more.
yeah, it was a well-edited sequence to really ratchet up the, the thrill of the anticipation. The thrill, thrill, thrill. <laughs> mayhem, action, mayhem, action, mayhem. action. When the first showgirl to be injured by the mum of two says to for those children to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I like how the little girl goes, you said the F word. And then she turns to her mum and goes, she said the F word. Like qu- quietly under breath to her mum. Like, it's just really shocked her. <laughs> then she tells the kid to fuck off. She, she just turns around and just weeps into her mother's Aww. neck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cute and also really annoying. I'm glad I don't have children. <laughs> I mean... Elizabeth Berkeley fucks the shit out of Carl McLaughlin in a swimming pool. Yeah, she really does. It's a nice swimming pool. I like the place. <laughs> Has a sort of Antonioni's, a brisky points quality to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of natural, combined with man-made. With these weird neon palm trees. Yes, it's very Vegas. Very Vegas. They have a bit of a playful... It is Vegas. They have a bit of a playful interaction in a waterfall. Which looks uncomfortable. Under- there's an underwater blowy. <laughs> there's an underwater blowy, which also looks uncomfortable. The idea of sucking someone's cock underwater is pretty horrible, really. Seems like it could be a form of torture somewhere. <laughs> like Utah. <laughs> Some godless place. Like Romford. It's just, this particular part of the sex scene also looks like she's probably ground the shit out of her knees. I can only imagine she's propped up on, like, the edge of the pool. The hard, concrete edge <laughs> of the pool. And then she's going to have some awful skid marks come morning. Oh, God. But Thanks, Gran. <laughs> but yeah, she really goes to town on him. She really goes to town on Dale's Cooper. Nice. Nice. Um, no, it, it really does escalate. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, Nell was, Nell was trying to stop herself from laughing. And I was laughing in a way, but I was laughing in the way that I would if I saw something that was genuinely, literally awesome. <laughs> I can't contain my wonder at what I'm seeing on screen. It was fucking, it was yeah. unreal. It's like Dale had, um, Dale McLaughlin had, <laughs> had put his hand in a sort of god machine without really knowing what it could do. And now we can't get it out again. And you've just got to stick with the ride. <laughs> Eventually it will let you go. Hopefully when there's still a bit of you left. <laughs> um, I really love the line when Karl McLaughlin is falsely lecturing the manager who gets, who sends Naomi Rapace to the boat show. Because uh. Uh, he said, oh, don't jump to conclusions. And he goes, if you do this again, then you're going to jump to your conclusion. Uh, yeah. Without a golden parachute. And it's such a shit line, but it is, <laughs> is quite enjoyable. That's a great line. Oh, yeah. So James never got better as a person. Very few people uh, did in this film. No. When he's finally with uh, Penny, dreadful, hmm. um, he says, hey, go to the bar and get me a beer, bitch. And she just kind of smiles like, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. I really liked Penny, actually. I liked her as a character. She was Her whole thing was just to be sweet and naive, but... I was endeared by her sweet naivety. You know what? I I don't want to harp on on this, but really pressing down on a burger when it's grilling. Like it doesn't, people think (laughs) that it loses all the taste, but it gets rid of that nasty runny grease and the taste is in the meat. You shouldn't be dripping when you pull a burger to your face. Okay, it's fine. You need, you need, you need umami. (laughs) Let it be subtle. Have some faith in your meat. Boys and girls. (laughs) If there's Um, any law, if there's any message to show girls, it's you got to have faith in your meat. Oh God, yeah. We all know this. We we know Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> My final one, uh-huh. when Molly confronts Nomi about pushing Gina Gershon down yeah. the stairs, and she says that she, she's not going to come to the party, and they're not friends anymore. Yeah. And um, the way that Nomi says... Molly, it ain't a party without you. Let go of me. It's so sad, so hollow. Yeah. It felt like some. It come from the mouth of somebody who just had no idea, who just lost all touch and got sucked into the game completely. Yeah. And they think they thought they meant it, mm. but what it means to Molly and what it means to Nomi are just so such polar opposites. It was really a sad line. It was considering like 
their kind of awkward but very easygoing interactions early on. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very sad to sort of oh. think of how far they've come apart from each other. Because their friendship is one of the sort of, not necessarily completely natural, but very endearing moments throughout the film. Yeah. Elements throughout the film. Yeah, I think we'll just conclude by saying Showgirls is a really fun fucking film that has as much depth as you want to bring to it, and is as sort of clever or well-intentioned as you want to believe it is, but is ultimately an undeniably an entertaining watch. And yeah. I think we both highly recommend it. Well, should we segue from that into the one better thing and begin with me? The one better thing. For my one better thing, I'm actually just going to say Show- Showgirls by Paul Verhoeven. Ah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a film that I think really should be engaged with. It deserves revisiting, not as a so bad it's good film, not as a cult classic with people coming in and waving shit about and laughing at all the ridiculous scenes, even though some some of them are very funny. I think it detracts from, from the film at large. Mm. Um, yes, it's garish and ridiculous and gaudy as all hell, yeah. but... There's an awful lot there to get your teeth into and to interrogate, especially in the light of Paul Verhoeven. I think it is a really solid film and um, sure. I am not ashamed to say so. No, it was really good fun. Okay, my one better thing is is an actual other thing. And it's a film that has been released stateside already and has already made a few top end of year lists. Hasn't quite made it here to the UK except at the London Film Festival where I was lucky enough to see it. And it is a marvellous little film about uh, women working kind of in the sex-adjacent industry. Uh, The film is Support Mm. the Girls. And it is about Lisa, played by Regina Hall, who is the manager of Double Whammies, um, a sports bar with curves, as she she puts it. The film follows a day in the life of her managing this sports bar, which is essentially a... She tells all of the new recruits that um, they're not going to be wearing Mm. much, but it's a family place. And ultimately, all of the girls are completely safe. And the whole film is about mm. that belief then being challenged by the behavior of her manager, the clientele, and the girls themselves. Because although they control the means of production, they are not ultimately in control of the place. In this case, the thing being produced is right. bonus. The critique of sports bar culture is subtle throughout. The sort of subtle misogyny. There's very few moments where the girls are called bitch or, you know, anything as overt as showgirls. But there's lingering little moments where we sit, we're shown, instead of lingering shots of the girls, you know, assets, we instead get lingering shots of guys looking at them. Mm. And it's just subtly implied that these girls are being exploited. Not only their bodies, but also their passion for the bar and their love for each other, because ultimately the film is about how fond they are of each other. And it plays kind of like a gentle comedy. They really, Hmm. the girls love each other. The three main characters in particular are really great friends and they look out for each other, but there's also a lot of stuff in there about the ways in which they kind of betray each other now and then and get sick of each other and hmm. they're really great characters. Um, the character, oh, Macy is one of the characters and she's meant to be this sort of dumb kind of blonde character who's very giggly and very optimistic, but they really dissect that. And later on in the movie, they actually sit down with her and say, how can you be happy about everything and always so easygoing? And she's got like rationale behind the hmm. persona that she's adopted. And I don't know, it's just, it's not a simple film. There's... um nuance to all of these characters and a really interesting look at something that is kind of like unthought about just matter of fact you know titty bar it exists Hmm. you know what should we think of it and it's just really interesting to see the ways in which these women rationalize the work and the relationships that they're in and yeah just the ways in which that's taken by various characters including their regulars and their management oh more than anything else it's not preachy it's really fun it's a funny film with some very sort of moving moments in it. It plays like a really good drama. Great. Cool. Support the girls. 
Go see it when it eventually... Go on. Support, support the girls when it comes. That was the one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about the one good thing? You can contact us on Twitter and Facebook at OGTPod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com, gmail, gmail, gmail. If you want to recommend us to a friend or review us on iTunes, both of those things would be amazing. It'd be actually be better than lemons for breakfast. There's a lemon tree outside my window. I was just, I was a bad Kaiser Soze. <laughs> it would be better than a vigorous lap dance from a girl you've paid. You don't know. <laughs> it was a Kaiser Soso. <laughs> Very good. My, no- my novel Dockhead is available on Amazon, five ninety nine. Just follow the links in the episode description. Uh, OGT Jingles episodes 1 to 50 are available on Bandcamp. Just follow the links in the episode description. Yeah, get all those links. what I said just a minute ago. It's a reprieve. Yeah, that's, that's a light motif, as far as we've got. <laughs> the very day that I can afford another computer and recover all the files that I've lost, uh, there'll be episodes 51 to 100, no doubt. Lovely. Any day now, probably. Fantastic. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember... The one good thing about showgirls is showgirls.